This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8am UK time. Hope you're doing good. I hope you're doing well. Thank you as always for making this a part of your daily routines. It is very much appreciated. I hope you've had a good start to your weekend already. And uh, I hope Sunday brings you uh, all the happiness in the world. Uh, as of course we inch closer. Uh, it really does feel real now, kind of a new Premier League season. You know, we're inching closer to pre-season. We're in July. There's games to be played. Arsenal, of course, will be travelling to Germany in a couple of weeks' time to play Nuremberg. We'll then be going off to the US to play a few games as well before coming back to the UK for a couple of games uh, against Monaco and the Emirates Cup. And of course, Man City and the Community Shield. We've got amazingly like six games um, before the actual season starts. So that's exciting. And hopefully we'll be able to see plenty of Arsenal's new players like Kai Havertz and, of course, um, Declan Rice, Yuri and Timber. Fingers crossed those two still getting done. We'll talk about them shortly. But uh, I think this is the most excited I've been about a new season ever, actually. Uh, and preseason, in fact, as well. You know, preseason is an interesting one because... It's full of friendlies. It's full of, you know, games which don't technically mean anything, although, you know, they are important for preparations. But last season, I was really excited to see what Gabriel Jesus was doing. I just wanted to see more and more of Gabby Jesus. But this season, seeing not only, obviously, the squad that's finished second in the Premier League, but seeing the potential of Declan Rice, seeing um, Urien Timber, how he fits into things, and seeing the the enigma that is Kai Havertz, you know, involved in the team is going to be very, very interesting indeed. Uh, but good morning to those joining you in the, the chat box. Uh, Pedro, Steve, Stevie, Maximius. We've got uh, Steve. We've got Barry, Tony, Louis, Machiavelli, Ryan. Uh, good morning to Akash, uh, Karede, Hawkwind. Uh, good morning to you all. 
I hope that you're having a fantastic week and uh, everybody else as well joining us in the chat box important to to say hello to you all as well i can't say hello to everyone that would take me literally forever uh, but good morning to everybody and i hope that you're having a swell week uh, let's crack on with today's stories we do start with uh ses fabregas uh, officially retiring from football um the former arsenal midfielder of course legendary status is obviously an interesting word. I think a lot of fans would say that he never fulfilled that at Arsenal with the way in which he left to, to Barcelona and subsequently moved to, to Chelsea. I really like Cesc Fabregas. I don't begrudge him of the move to to Chelsea in particular. Arsenal could have signed him um, and didn't. So, you know, th- there is that uh, involved in things as well. So I don't think it's... I-, I personally don't think there's any grudge from my side of things, but I know that there's a lot of pl- people out there that don't really like Cesc Fabregas, and that's fine. But he is set to become the head coach of Como B, a club that I think he has a stake in uh, and obviously finished his career at. But uh, he's been doing some coaching and, and training at Arsenal. So Arsenal have really helped him out uh, toward the end of his career in moving into a new position coaching-wise. So we wish him the absolute best of luck. And who knows? Maybe he'll hop up at Arsenal one day. That would be very interesting indeed. Uh, now, Arthur Okonkwo could indeed return to Sturmgratz. Uh, we've been hearing from the Sturmgratz, uh, I think it was the sport director, Andrea Schicker, uh, who has said that we are still in the running for another loan uh, regarding Okonkwo, but there are also inquiries for him on the English market. The priority for goalkeepers is also young and capable of development. So, Will be interesting to see if Arthur Conquo spends another season out on loan. It's very difficult to see a route into the Arsenal first team, but a side like Sturmgratz that are playing, you know, competitively in the Austrian Premier League um, or the Austrian Bundesliga, rather, is is really important. Um, so Arthur Conquo could get more time away from the club next season. According to the Sun, uh, Albert Sambi Lukonga is apparently closing on a Burnley loan move. He will link up, it seems, again with Vincent Company. I know fans want a permanent exit, but perhaps it's better from all parties' perspectives if indeed Lukonga does go out on loan, uh, plays regularly, perhaps boosts his value. Maybe Burnley would want to sign him on a permanent deal at the end of the season if indeed he's key in helping them uh, progress next season. From my perspective, I think that Arsenal should be looking to extend his contract by a year. If that's the case, you want to protect yourself financially. So a year extension in his contract and a loan would be the, the smart way of moving. But let's wait and see if anything changes in the near future on Lukonga's future. Emil Smith-Rowe has been doing a lot of talking uh, in the last couple of days or so. He's been doing an interview with The Sun in which he talked about Declan Rice. He talked about um, kind of the competition with Kai Havertz. And he said, I see what happens. And obviously, it's good for the club to add strength to the team when he was asked about the transfers the club is doing. He says, I feel like the additions we're making are going to really help the team progress again. It's really exciting. So hopefully we can go one step further next season. Of course, uh, when talking about uh, the extra competition that Havertz brings, um, but this is football, he says. You've just got to get on with it. I've got to keep working hard and it's healthy competition. I've got to keep fighting. Um He was asked uh, about Declan Rice as well um, and asked about kind of his own view of of playing with the player, um, which is interesting, of course, because uh, he's played in the England national team um, and he's played with, I think, the uh, the under-21s, I think, potentially. Um, 
not when Rice was in that side, but obviously they all train in St. George's Park and stuff like that. So he would have come into contact with Rice on the training level. And he says, I can't speak highly enough of him. I remember my first camp and I was surprised with how good he actually was. He was the best in training, just his level, intensity, technically, everything he was doing. A real leader and still so young. He was really, really good. Um, so, yeah, very interesting indeed to hear Smith Rowe talking so openly about kind of his future. As well, he's very committed to Arsenal. He wants to stay at Arsenal. He wants to make a success of his career at Arsenal. And certainly that interview with Tom Barkley uh, at the Sun uh, has revealed quite a lot, it seems, about the Rice side of things too. Now, according to Fabrizio Romano, Arsenal are getting closer. <laughs> Those buzzwords coming back again. To signing Urian Timber. Uh, there's an expectation, of course, that this deal was being talked about um, moving into July because of how it shows up on clubs' books in terms of getting agreed. But that £40 million plus bid that was accepted by Ajax is said to be now being finalised um, and the small details are getting sorted. So hopefully we'll get an update and an announcement potentially of Yuri and Timber next week. That would be uh, awesome to be able to cover that story. Uh, sticking with potentially Arsenal gaining a bit of money, uh, Nottingham Forest is said to be chasing Mavropanos. Arsenal have a sell-on clause of around 20% for the player. Ajax are also suggested potentially suitors by Voetbol. Um, Build reporting that interest from Forest. So could Arsenal be getting hold of some extra money in during the window? If indeed a big fee is paid for, Sir, for Konstantinos Mavropanos, then of course that's what we might end up seeing at the club coming in in terms of a sell-on clause benefit, which, of course, they do negotiated within that contract. Uh, now, I want to kind of, in terms of the Declan Rice story, uh, there's been a lot of fake posts going out over the weekend. So just as a, a bit of a, a, a warning, if you like, just be wary of a lot of fake posts going around. There's one I saw on Facebook of him like next to a private jet, I think it was, saying kind of he's coming, uh, I'm ready, I think the caption was. Just be wary uh, of all of the fake uh, kind of posts that are going out, all this AI stuff that can be easily faked these days. But uh, the reality of the Declarise situation is that there is a feeling that Monday, tomorrow, there'll be a significant breakthrough regarding the overall agreement. The price has already been agreed. The players already kind of you know, agreed personal terms and all of that stuff. It's just about waiting for the, the structure of that £105 million deal to be sorted. And hopefully tomorrow we get a big update on that. The headline story for today is Kylian Mbappe. Uh, I feel like I did a show a week or two ago. I talked about Kylian Mbappe on the channel. Um, suggested potentially that he could, of course, leave PSG this summer. There's been suggestions that he has no intention of signing a brand new contract with the French champions, and the Arsenal could potentially uh, be one of those teams that are interested in signing Kylian Mbappe. There's been reports, I think Football Transfers, uh, the website did a story uh, suggesting that Arsenal would be interested in signing Mbappe in 2024. From my perspective, like, don't do, as yeah, as Matt G says, don't do it. Don't do this to yourselves. Don't convince yourselves that Kylian Mbappe is coming to Arsenal. Don't be tempted too much to buy into these crazy rumours. For me, there is only one destination for Kylian Mbappe next on his list, and that is Real Madrid. Look, would I take Kylian Mbappe at the club? You know, I think for Arsenal to bring in a player of that level to to take Arsenal's number nine position forwards, I know he can play in a wide area too, but... You know, you'd have to, for me, start him at, at number nine. Um, would be an amazing achievement by the club to suggest that. But when you look at the finances, when you look at what 
this club pays players and you look at what Mbappe earns, it's ludicrous levels of money. Like it's madness, the level of money uh, that Kylian Mbappe uh, would earn at Arsenal. And so suggestions that Arsenal are looking to sign him, even in 2024, which by the way, I think is a rather wild claim to go ahead and, and look toward that 2024. And certainly suggestions that Arsenal are interested in signing him will be of the vaguest variety. Like there's no plan, there's no um, kind of uh, intention at this moment in time, to my understanding at least, that uh, Kylian Mbappe is a, is a player that you'll see popping up at Arsenal uh, in the near future. But look, things change obviously very quickly in the world of football. Who knows? If Arsenal went to win the Premier League this season and he was leaving on a free uh, in in the summer of 2024, which PSG say they don't want to happen, either he'll be sold this summer or he'll have to sign a new contract. But for me, you know, if you're the player, surely, surely that's a position where he has to be in control of. You know, if he wants to leave for free, it's his prerogative to do that. He'll just play out the final season of his contract and leave. Um, let, <laughs> let's see how the, the Mbappe story progresses. But I just want to get people kind of back down to earth a little bit on this story. And uh, <laughs> I hate being the, the bearer of bad news in some ways, and I don't want to stop you dreaming, but goodness me, Kylian Mbappe. Yeah, <laughs> crazy, crazy scenes. Um, of course, uh, you can support uh, our fundraiser foundation for uh, Cancer McMillan. Go down to the link in the description. I'll be hopefully by tomorrow finding out some information about how we can get around the issues, the barriers of those abroad that want to get involved and donate. So stay tuned for those. But if you are based in the UK and you haven't yet um, uh, got involved with the fundraiser and you're able to, please uh, do uh, support us. We would be really, really appreciative of that. We are closing in our £1,000 target in the space of a week, which is amazing. So please, 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 uh, if you can donate, donate. Right, let's go to part two then and your questions right after this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So, uh, yesterday evening, uh, I did a show with uh, Dan Potts, looking uh, kind of at Edu Gaspar and looking specifically at what the successes of his time and tenure at Arsenal have been. And, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see kind of a split. Uh, of course, Dan has... I don't like using the words Dan has a reputation because I don't think that's fair on him because I actually think that Dan is, um, when we have our discussions, is really good. And because he's been critical of the club in the past or critical of Arteta or critical of Edu, it's kind of gained, I think, a perception that's been difficult to shift in some eyes. I was disappointed, to be honest, with really some of the comments that were left in yesterday's show. I want to make that clear. Um, 
I much prefer if people actually kind of, if you're critical, like you're critical of the words that have been spoken rather than talking about things that haven't been said um, and always using kind of evidence and quotes to back up any criticisms that you have. And that just didn't happen in some of the comments that I saw. But I don't mind people saying that, you know, Dan needs to give more credit maybe to someone like Edu or Arteta. That's fine. Like, I, I probably agree with you. I think Dan could be uh, more, could give more credit at times. But yeah, I was really frustrated actually when I read through some of the comments on yesterday's show. That was a real shame. Um, so yeah, but I just recommend like if we have a guest on, um, I just hope that you pay them the respect of, you know, if you want to be critical, that's fine. I have no issue with anyone being critical of like anything any guest says. I just think that if you're going to be critical, you've got to use the evidence to back it up um, and use quotes and things like that. So, yeah, just in future, when we have guests, I'll just pay them the respect of, of quoting them with any criticism. Um, so there you go. I thought the show was fantastic, to be honest. I thought it was a really good conversation, um, but I am a bit biased. Anyway, uh, let's go to uh, the chat box then and tackle some of your questions uh, that you've got. Uh, ATA says, Tom, let's say we can get Mbappe in. I still feel uh, as if he could be such a problematic figure in the dressing room. And this is certainly something that I agree with to an extent. I think that if Arsenal sign... Um, you know, if Arsenal sign a player of that calibre, but also of that kind of profile, you have to believe that the club think that they could harness, you know, his potential, that they can deal with the the character that comes along with the player. So, yeah, I, I absolutely get the reservations that people would have about that. But if the club move for somebody, you have to assume that they feel as though that they are and the conversations that they've had will have bore fruit in a positive sense, if you know what I mean. Um, Gunagang says, uh, our fan base is on a roller coaster at the moment, Tom, more than usual. I've seen all kinds of loony tweets on Twitter at the moment. Yeah, it's a mad summer. I think, you know, at the start of the summer, people were desperate for me to do a phone-in show so they could batter Edu. And now, obviously, once the I said I'd be doing a phone-in show once the Rice saga came to a close. I said that before it would look like it was going to get done. I said it, I think, even after we saw the bid from Man City came in as well. And we will be doing a phone-in show at some stage, probably when I'm back from holiday, so I leave on Friday for a week. Um, again, I am going away again um, to do a, a phone-in show. So uh, we'll be doing that. But uh, I look at specifically what, you know, what kind of chaotic views have been spoken. And I suppose it bleeds into Magambo's question. And, and when we did the show, which was about yesterday, the title of the show was, is it time for apologies? Notice that, the, the headline wasn't, is it time to apologize for uh, to Edu? The, the quote used here in the headline is, is it time for apologies? Because for me, there's a lot of people out there that have been calling for this guy to get sacked. You know, I've had comments in my comment section. I've had people tweeting me, DMing me, saying he's not good enough. He's got to go. He's got to be sacked. And for me, that's what I think deserves an apology. I think people that have gone out of their way to batter and say the guy should lose his job Based upon what we've done in this window already, I absolutely believe that apologies are deserved for that. Calling for someone's head, calling for someone's job, for them to go and sign 200 million quid's worth of players and negotiate deals for Rice, Timber and Havertz, absolutely some people should have the guile and the uh, the front to be able to go, you know what, I hold my hands up. Sorry, I got that wrong. Fair play, I do. You smashed it. You got our priority target, not just this summer, but last summer with Gabriel Jesus as well. And we have brought in significant levels of talent. And with the deal for Rice and Uri and Timber, hopefully, fingers crossed, being announced this week, 
that's what I personally think is that people should be holding their hands up and saying, wow, I've got it wrong. But for those people that think that they're indifferent about Edu, no, that's fine. If you still got criticisms of Edu, that's fine. But for those people that were so adamant that the guy needed to be sacked, that's, I personally feel, that I think there should be a little bit of humble pie to be eaten and a little bit of self-reflection uh, on that point. People talk about the success and you want to talk about the fact that until we won trophies, you know, the jury's out as such, you know, on... Um, you know, on Arteta or on Edu. That's fine. Got no issue with that. If the jury's still out for you, that's fine. But it's more so for people that called for the guy's head that said he should be gone. And he's gone and got himself uh, with, the, obviously, the massive help and collaboration with the people at the club. Declan Rice, Yuri and Timber, Kai Havertz. You know, I think absolutely people should be being a bit humble um, uh, less and showing less hubris uh, towards Edu. Uh, as Robert says, I'm on the fence with Edu. And that's absolutely fine. I've got no problem with that. No problem with that. The problem I've got is with people saying the guy should have got sacked and he's gone and got and done one of the big, biggest deals in the history of our football club. Uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, Lewis says he gets his flowers, but you can't forget about Cedric, William, Marie, Runnison. You know what? The thing is, I can. Lewis, I can forget about those things. You know why? Because Cedric cost us nothing. William cost us nothing but wages. And he was a big kind of, Arteta was a big part of that deal of wanting William, by the way. It was kind of like he was the person that signed off on that in the end, the William thing. It's a collaborative thing. Runison was like one and a half million quid. Marie was about 10 million quid and we've just made 8 million quid of that back. And I think we're talking about, a, a, <laughs> we're talking about an amount of money, which I think is less than 20 million pounds. And yet when you look at all the players that we've bought above 20 million pounds, the only player that there's a question mark by at the moment is Fabio Vieira. It's the only player that there is a real question mark because when you look at Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, Trossard, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Jesus, Partey, Gabriel, Ben White, all players we signed for 20 million plus, big successes, successes at this club. And Fabio Vieira is the only one with a question mark by it. So, when we say we can't forget, if you can't forget about those players, that's not on Edu, that's not on me, that's not on the club, that's on you. That's on you for not being able to move past what happened years ago, let's be honest, because Cedric, Willian, Marie, Runnison all signed within the first 18 months of Arteta and Edu's partnership at the club. So if we have to think so far back the same people that can't forget about those are the same people to me that are not even giving any credit to the FA Cup that was won in that same year. Yet we have to remember the Cedrics and the Williams and the Maries and the Renaissance. And yet we can't then use the FA Cup that we won in that same exact year as something of credit that they have won together. Um, so it's not, it's a you problem, I'm afraid, if you can't forget those. And if you can indeed instead focus on the huge successes that we've had since the summer of 2020. And by the way, that summer of 2020 that we had signed Gabriel and Partey for £65 million ish combined, I think close to £70 million, those two have been absolutely key to the progression of this football club. So, sure, if you can't forget about those players, it's not me, it's not the club. That's on you. You've got to move past those because we have improved and learned from those mistakes. Um, Mato says, let's not forget William did us a favour by not running down his contract and agreed to terminate his deal. And that would have been, that would have happened with negotiations, by the way, with the club. You know, sure, William would have been the the, the protagonist in those talks in, and agreeing to do that. But, you know, it's, it's not going to happen unless the club put that idea forwards, you know. 
Willian's not going to just turn around and be like, oh yeah, I'll leave and, and I'm not going to cost you anything. You know, there would have had to be negotiations to get to that point and Edu would have been involved in that as well. So I think that's maybe a, an aspect of that negotiation where we're always like, oh, thank God we got really lucky there with Willian. You know, we're really lucky that we didn't have to pay him off. Actually, does anyone ever discuss the aspect of the negotiation process that would have led to that decision and Edu's involvement in that as well? Uh, Chris says, if Timber does kick-ups in a forest and no one is there to see him, is he still a great signing? That might be one of the best questions we've ever been asked. Uh, <laughs> if Timber does kick-ups in a forest and no one is there to see it, is he still a great signing? Yes, it's the obvious answer, Chris. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. Mohanid um, says, do you agree that we should be looking for a Zinchenko replacement in case of injury or anything else? We already filled all the other spots. Um, no, I don't think so. And the reason why is I think that Tommy Asu and Kivior are there. We have depth at left back. We have depth in that position. Tierney is not yet gone. You know, Tierney has not yet left. And uh, because of that, I think that both Kivior and Tomiyasu offer us depth, uh, as does Tierney until something happens. If Tierney moved, maybe we can have a conversation about it. But right now, no, uh, not not yet. So uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, Dwayne says, not all transfers work. We can't moan about Brighton buying under the radar and then moaning it didn't work. And by the way, the Brighton thing is a really, really good uh, example for me of kind of a misconception about transfers, right? So can anyone tell me if they know who Simon Adingra is? Anyone tell me who that is? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I have no... Anyone tell me who Kasper Kozlowski is? Abdallah Sima? Um, Shel Kjell Sherpen? Um, can you tell me who uh, Michael Karbonik is? Uh, Andy Zakiri, Jean-Paul Van Heck. Uh, can you tell me who uh, Matt Clark is? Uh, can you, you know, like basically what the point I'm making is, is there is a lot of players on that list who have not had the Caicedo, the McAllister, the more recently the Insisco of this world. You know, for Brighton's perspective, they're a club that in recent seasons have been able to sign a lot of players for small amounts of money and give them lots of minutes. But not all of them are going to work. Arsenal can't afford to do that. So for those that always felt as though that we should be, you know, um, following the process of Brighton or why can't we find the gems um, that Brighton can find, you know, and the arguments are that there's a lot of those players that aren't going to have futures at Brighton. A lot of those players are going to get a few games, but they're not going to have futures. They're not going to be the Caicedos. They're not going to be the McAllisters, you know. Uh, and Cisco looks like he potentially could be uh, another one that's going to be impressive. But they can afford to do that, you know. And it's not all transfers work is the best kind of undertone of this because of the context of each club is that Brighton can throw, afford to throw enough you know what a wall and hope that it sticks with respect <laughs> you know and some of it has some of it stuck really really well and Caicedo and McAllister are certainly massive examples of that Kukurea as well um, and Encisco could indeed be another one but there's a lot of players that they've signed for small amounts of money as well that haven't worked and then they'll go on and leave for, for next to nothing. So, 
yeah, let's let's wait and see um, if if Brighton's kind of project is now able to take the next step up because they've made some interesting signings this summer. You know, they've brought in Joel Pedro, James Milner, uh, and Mahmoud Dahoud. They've all uh, been brought in this summer. Two of those players, Dahoud and Milner, are not of the style that they usually sign. You know, these are older players, supposing more of the style of Adam Adam Lallana when they signed him. Um, I think that. Um, It'd be intriguing what the next level of Brighton is now with Europa League football next season, how they move forwards. If they sign someone like Kudus, again, that's another player that would, again, kind of be a different level of player that they're going for as they evolve as a club. Up until this point, they've been able to sign a lot of players and play them and see success, but also not necessarily be held accountable as much for their failures because the success of the successful ones has been so good. So... That, I think, is always important to look at. Every club has failures. Even the Brightons, even the Wolves of this world. You know, Wolves used to be really kind of praised for some of their business they did to get them up to a European qualification one season. The reality is that not every signing is going to be a success. Even Man City don't always have, you know, amazing, successful players that they've signed because it's just not realistic to expect that. I mean, Sergio Gomez, you think about the the Spanish left-back that they signed. He's, He's barely played, you know, for them so far barely play whatsoever Calvin Phillips is Calvin Phillips a success at Man City of all the players that they sign and they spend big money on you know they're known for their rotation he's barely played he's barely played for them even as substitutes he's, he's barely played for them um scroll down more uh Ferran Torres was he necessarily a, a big success for them you know he was good but I wouldn't say that it was a, a, a overwhelming success and Nahuel Bustos signed for 6.5 million euros. Uh, Issa Kabore, Jan Kuto. I don't know who these players are, but they've signed them. Angelino, Pedro Porro, who went obviously is now at Spurs. Um, Ryataro Machino, don't know who that is. Um, you know, Philip Sandler, I don't know who that is. Ante Palaversa, I don't know who that is. Um, and, you know, it might be my ignorance. Maybe I just don't know enough about those players. But, not every signing you make, you know, Mangala's a great example. Exactly, Jonas. Not every signing you make is going to be a success. And no club has a perfect record. No club does. So, again, if you want to focus on Marie and Cedric and Willian and Runnison and hold that against their due, I think that's far too harsh. And you're ignoring the bigger the bigger side of the coin, which is the success we've had with a lot of players that have led us to um, now being, you know, title challenges last season. Hopefully onto bigger and better things even so next season. So let's wait and see. Uh, Black Kid says, Calvin just want to travel. Yeah, of course you just want to travel, but we're kind of talking about the individuals. You know, you can pop up at Man City and win a trophy, no problem. You know, but I'm talking about the individual success of players. It's a bit different. Um, let's go. Yeah, I mean, Matt G points out, says, is Calvin Phillips a success? It depends on your definition of success. He has a Premier League, Champions League and FA Cup. Yeah, I'd say he's done all right. I'd say he's done all right in terms of the medals that he's won. But I'm talking about from the City perspective, is that signing of Calvin Phillips a success in the in the, in the the kind of concept of Man City? I don't think I look at it as a success. That's 50 million euros or forty, just over 40 million pounds spent. They probably could have spent less on a player to do the role that he did. They have overspent, in my opinion, on that profile, on that player. Um, they could have spent less and brought in a younger player, maybe um, used them in the minutes that they gave to Calvin Phillips and maybe have a better reason. So, no, I don't think that's a successful signing. Um, yes, you can say, look at the medals is one, but that would be the case for anybody. 
Do you know what I mean? That'd be the case for anyone um, that, that was signed in that position last season. I, I genuinely think they could have brought in, I don't know, who's a, <laughs> who's a midfielder that we've had. They could have, you know, they could have got Laconga in on loan, right? And they, and they still would have won the treble last season. I firmly believe that. They could have got Laconga in instead of Calvin Phillips and they still would have won the treble and Laconga would have would have got himself three medals. So that's that's where I think we sit, you know, in that sense. So, yeah, uh, I could sit on the bench. Exactly, Richard. Me, I could have been signed for £40 million. I think they still would have won the treble. <laughs> still would have won the treble. Um, Joey says, Tom, were you ever worried about Declan Rice? You're not rolling out of bed. Um, was I ever worried? I think there's always an element of caution with every single transfer that you have. And I said, and to be fair, I did a show on Potts's channel. Um, the the show after the the um the bid from Man City came, it was a day, I think it was Monday with LB, the City Extra fan that we were on with. And I one of the points that was made was that Kai Havertz's deal, you know, there's gonna be a lot of criticism of Edu if Kai Havertz was signed for 60 plus million quid and Arsenal then didn't go over the 100 million valuation to get Rice. And I said on the show, prior to that 105 million pound bid, before we even heard that that was going in, I said, doesn't matter what we spent on Havertz. It does not matter. We will either put the money in for Declan Rice because we believe he's worth it, or we won't because it's too high above our valuation. And lo and behold, I think it was even later that very night, we saw the 105 million pound bid um, for, you know, for him to come in. So it's it's very very it's very difficult to ever be you know completely confident was i ever worried about rice sure to a degree always there's always got to be some level of caution but i was always optimistic i said on the channel i was always optimistic i was always hopeful always confident but you know there's always going to be some degree of you know caution so there you go um kerry says tom how do you cope with dan potts uh, he is the to total opposite of you and harry because I think he speaks really well. I think he makes his points, and I think he backs them up. He doesn't just say them in anger. He doesn't say them by being disrespectful. He doesn't say them by being abusive. You know, it's really easy to do that. Gets you really good views, good clicks, and all of that stuff. You know, you can jump on and say, this person should be sacked, this person should be sacked, stick your chest out, say how you really feel. You know, all that, ooh, that, that ooh, I love a bit of that, yeah. It's really easy to do that, but... Dan, that's not for me what Dan does. Um, when Dan says a point, he'll say what he thinks. I don't always agree with it, but he'll make a reason to his point and we'll have a debate about it and we'll go back and forth. And also, I don't want an echo chamber. I don't want, you know, it's funny. Like some people say that the channel sometimes becomes too much of an echo chamber or I only get people on the show that that agree with me. And then I get people on that don't have the same viewpoint as me. And then, you know, I still get criticism because I've got someone on that doesn't have the same views as me. I can never win. And, you know, there's, there's thousands of people that watch the show, so I'm never going to please everybody. That's the reality of things. But I don't want this show to be an echo chamber. I don't want this channel to just be people that are yes men and just agreeing with everything I say. I want it to be good discussions. Everyone that I get on the channel, I get on because I think they are good at what they do. They are good at saying what they think. They're really good people to talk to about football. I have a good time listening to them, talking with them. I hope that you have a good time listening to them. And frankly, you know, if you don't agree with Potsy, that's fine. 
but come back and say why you know leave some comments and explain your reasons why that you don't rather than just going oh don't really like him (laughs) again that's fine if you don't but uh, maybe either keep it to yourself or tell us actually your reasons as to why and specifically reference things that have been said rather than just playground stuff um Skem says, uh, when will Arsenal players start reporting back for pre-season? Um, I believe it's the second week of July. Uh, I think that's when we are expecting that to happen. Um, Jung says, Tom, who do you think the mystery forward should be? Where have you heard? Where have you heard that um, we're going to be signing a mystery forward? I'd love to know where you've heard that from, Jung. So tell me where you've heard we're going to be signing a mystery forward. I'd love to know. Uh, the Guna says, any concerns with Havertz's reported wage? Um, Havertz, wage. Um, let's have a quick check on that. Uh, Kai Havertz, huge Arsenal wages as new signing becomes Gunner's highest paid player. Uh, let's have a look. According to Build, the former Bayer Leverkusen star will make roughly £17 million a year, £331,000 per week. The Ghanaian midfielder uh, Partey's deal is around £198,000 per week. I would obviously what I always say when we talk about wages is that wages are one of the most misreported, misunderstood things on the planet, you know. And I think that if there is, you know, bonuses that take it up to £330,000 per week, those bonuses will be for the highest achievements like Champions League victories and Premier League victories and things like that. I would imagine that the, the base wage is going to be significantly less than that. You know, Bakaya Saka, think about all the reports that we saw about Bakaya Saka in £300,000 per week. That was the report. And it's so unfair, you know, when you start labelling kids with the, the maximum wage that they're going to be potentially earning. Why can't we report it in the sense of it being kind of like, you know, we talked about it. We did a show about the £300,000 per week and we broke it down and we gave you the honest kind of reflections on it that it's actually £198,000 per week for Saka, but the bonuses take it up to close to, if not over, £300,000 per week. And Havertz is not going to be earning three hundred thirty k a week unless he's scoring a silly, silly amount of goals and we're winning the Champions League and the Premier League. That's He might earn £330,000 per week if he does that. And then frankly, if he does, he's earned it. But the reality is that the base wage is significantly lower than that. But wages are one of the most kind of volatile reported things that you know, it's crazy kind of how they're approached. Um, Junior says, would you have preferred to have signed Zobozlai uh, instead of uh, Kai Havertz? The answer is no. Reason why the answer being no, and some people may be surprised at that. The reason why the answer is no is that, and I've said this before, I think I, I said this on the channel, so those will be able to back me up that have been watching every morning. But I've said for some time that he doesn't fit. Like there's not a place for Zobozlai in, in this team. He's not going to play where Havertz is going to play for us, which is assumed to be um, Odegaard's partner. I don't think he suits that. If you're going to play Zobosla, you want to use him as a wide 10. Think Emile Smith-Rowe during the 21-22 season. Uh, You know, he's going to play as a wide 10. That's going to be what you're going to get the best um, from Zobosla. And I think that if, if Arsenal would have spent the money that they've spent on Zobosla instead of Havertz, I think there would have been question marks about how you, you know, kind of fit him into the team. Whereas with Havertz, there's a lot more obvious avenues 
for uh, Havertz to be kind of, you know, put into the side. So uh, I think that that is, that's why I, I'm kind of open to Havertz more so than Zoboslai. Also, he's not necessarily progressed the way that I thought he would. He's not exploded as much as I thought he might have done. He's still been very good, don't get me wrong. But I, I kind of, I thought more. I thought, I thought, when I saw him at Salzburg, and you know how long I've watched the guy for, I thought that some, I thought there would be more, but it's maybe not been as good. Maybe Liverpool unlock it. Maybe Klopp unlocks, you know, the, the potential that I saw in him at, at, at Salzburg. But uh, yeah, let's 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 wait and see. Let's wait and see what happens. Um, let's go to uh, you guys are being pretty critical of the sources of some of those wage. Uh, suggestions for Havertz. Fair enough. You're entitled. Um, I think I saw another one. Uh, Crispy says, mate, you just read out my dream window. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Lovely stuff. And uh, let's finish the show because I've been going on for a little bit longer than I usually do. Uh, question from John Daly. What is your top five Arsenal channels to watch on YouTube? Great question. Um, in all honesty, I don't have time too often to watch loads. I kind of dip in and out. If I'm traveling or something, I'll like chuck a show on. Um, and five is tough because, you know, I've got a lot of, I know a lot of people that are fantastic at producing content. And so often when you get asked this question, I finish a show and then uh, half an hour later, I'll be like, ah, oh, I should have, I should have, I should have said this person. Um I'll, I won't do like a top five, but I'll tell you, you know, some of my favorites that I enjoy watching. You know, obviously, um, Harry Simeon, who does Chronicles of Aguna um, and that I've known for many, many years now. You know, I think that, again, like me, very grounded um, and is very committed and regular in his content production. I think he's great. Um, if you like, if you want to hear, as I've already mentioned, if you want to hear something different to me, different types of viewpoints, I have Dan on, I have Potsy on because I think he puts his words across really well. And I think he talks about points of view that are different to mine. And I think that he says them in ways in which I, it makes me think, I don't always agree, but he puts them across well. So I always recommend going and listening to, uh, to DP. Um, I've never called him DP before, but we've done it. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, uh, the Arsenal Vision podcast is more of a podcast than YouTube. I know they are now Elliot now uploads them to YouTube and stuff and has done for some time. It's more of a podcast, but you can watch them on YouTube. So the crew over at the Vision are brilliant. Of course, Andrew and Ask Blog put theirs on, on YouTube as well. And you can listen to the Askcast on YouTube. You have to mention them always. Um, I My whole kind of YouTube burgeoning career and then into into the whole work came from a Burkamp Wonderland of which Danny still runs and does shows with and he's a real laugh good fun great guy so a Burkamp Wonderland always you have to be so appreciative because there is no this without that you know there is there is no this without that um of course our good friend Sophie at the Highbury Squad with Kevin Campbell um if you're not a subscriber to the Highbury Squad Sophie is just brilliant at what she does just so good, so welcoming, fantastic engagement with our community. Um, it's always important. It's always kind of one of the the keystones of TGT for me has always been engagement with you guys and speaking and answering questions and stuff like that. 
And Sophie is fantastic at doing that engagement, really good at talking and answering questions and getting people involved. You know, um, of course, Potsy I've mentioned does his show with Lee Judges and our good friend Lee Judges, of course, is uh, I do love getting into chats with judges about things as well. So Lee Judges TV, um, FK at Latte Firm produces some fantastic content. My breakdown brother, if you like, uh, us two kind of waving the flag of, of breakdowns uh, of players. So, of course, uh, FK uh, at Latte Firm, who produces regular content as well. We did a good show talking about uh, football finances, um, if you want to go and check that one out recently. Um, James McNicholas doing recently a lot more content on his channel, on Gunner Blog. Um, really good content. Great show that he did talking about kind of how a transfer works, if you want to kind of know how that works. Even though it's not specifically an Arsenal channel, TIFO do some fantastic videos looking specifically at breaking down kind of like why we're signing Havertz, what Arteta's philosophy is, sensible transfers. That's a really good channel um, to kind of to watch as well, to get more information about. Uh, also, um, I can't not mention the Gunas pod if you want something more lighthearted and chaotic and silly, um, but still with some really good Arsenal chat with our good friends, Mike, Andy, Owen, Mike, Hertz, um, Aston uh, as well, of course, too, and Jared. Uh, if you've not yet uh, watched the Gunas pods, make sure that you've tuned in there. That's also really, really good. See, I'm going to do that thing where I always kind of end up forgetting things. And, you know, I know that AFTV is not everyone's cup of tea, but people like James, who we have on the channel, is brilliant. James does what he does and it's fantastic. Graham uh, is also brilliant as well. I enjoy listening to a lot of what Turkish has to say as well. Um, you know, the, even though I know FTV is not everyone's uh, cup of tea, I get that. But I think there are individuals on the channel that are brilliant. And I think James, Graham and Turkish in particular are three of my favourites uh, who contribute. There are others as well, um, too many to mention. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that absolutely uh, they're channels that are, you know, you can pick and choose. I think, you know, when you're a subscriber of a channel, it's almost like subscribing to a channel means that you're kind of like, you feel like you're opening yourself into watch everything. I don't think you have to do that. I think you can pick and choose what you watch. Uh, what you watch. Speaking of what you watch, uh, Charles Watts is also, uh, you know, fantastic inside Arsenal Great information, great insight to what's going in uh, at the club. Um, so if you're not subscribed to, to Charles as well. See, I'm going to do that thing now where I forget. Uh, I, <laughs> I forget people. So there are, I'm sure, plenty, plenty more um, that I've not mentioned Um Babs as well, you know, uh, his editing skills, the work rate that Babs puts into his channel. Uh, I wish I could edit as well as that. You know, certainly something that I dream one day of getting better at to produce um, things. Um, I, you know, that is unreal, the commitment Babs has um, to to his channel and the production levels at the channel as well. So, yeah, if you want to see some brilliant visuals and talking about Arsenal, um, fantastic. But, yeah, um, if I've not mentioned you, it's probably because I've forgotten. So apologies with respect. <laughs> but thank you. Uh, and, of course, the Arsenal way is... Uh, uh, always a good channel. <laughs> always, always a good channel. So make sure you check it out. Anyway, we're going to be wrapping up there. I'll be going on forever if I started talking about every channel because there are a ridiculous number of channels, not another Arsenal podcast, you might say. Um, but thank you, everybody that's tuned in to today's show. Please do drop a like on the channel. And um, yeah. Oh, I can't not forget about DG, Deluded Guna. Absolutely got to go watch DG deluded make sure that you are tuned in glad i quickly glanced at the chat box to see that yes dg absolutely go and watch it another ridiculously high work rate ridiculously committed um person to his channel so dg 
you got to make sure you go and watch DG and Hugh Izzy. You know, again, they're coming to me. <laughs> Hugh Izzy, make sure that you're subscribed to Hugh's uh, content as well. Um, I've I got to stop because otherwise I'm going to keep remembering things and then forget people again. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for listening. I really appreciate your time. It's such a dangerous question to ask me because I know I'm going to get myself in trouble by not mentioning people that I can't think of that I've forgotten off the top of my head. But thank you, everybody that listened. Uh, with Twitter kind of going the way that it is now, Twitter's kind of... it's just uh, you know you're not going to be able to see every tweet that you want to see but if you want to stay up to date if you want to stay tuned if you want to keep uh, up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal please 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 make sure that you do keep tuning in at 8am please do drop a like on the channel it's very much appreciated if you could do that Um, you know it's it's always a pleasure to speak with you and to keep you updated and to do these shows. There might be another show later on this evening. There might not. I'm not, I haven't worked that out yet, but I've got some really cool guests coming for you next week. Really looking forward to those shows. Um, so make sure you subscribe. Make sure you turn those notifications on so you never, ever miss it. And uh, I'll be live tomorrow morning on the Arsenal Way. Not today. I was thinking it was Monday. It feels like Monday because I'm working today. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, hopefully going to be a really good Sunday and uh, hopefully more Arsenal transfer chat to come. We'll see you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. I fans.